Blog Talk Radio. You don't listen to the Yes Movement. You don't listen for their obvious desire to see somebody like me or everybody else back there that's like me see people like me succeed. And the only way, the only way we will ever get you to see that is if I beat the crap out of you. And if I do it at WrestleMania. Daniel, it's just not gonna happen, okay? Your little match at WrestleMania is just not gonna happen, fellow, okay? Get over it. WrestleMania is the showcase of the immortals. And this, Daniel, as hard as it is for you to swallow, this just does not measure up. Now, get out of my ring. This isn't your ring. It is, actually. It is our ring. This is their ring! Let me clarify for you and for everybody else. Everything in this arena right now, including them and you, belong to us. Now, get the hell out of my ring. Why don't you make me? Kane! I guess we shouldn't be shot. Stephanie has called her director of operations, Kane, to the ring to deal with this situation. Kane should deal with it. Support and Daniel Bryan wasted a little time going right after Kane. This is uncalled for. Security, get out here! This is unprovoked. Daniel Bryan taking it to Kane. And now the I said security, no get out here! The official's not able to pull Daniel Bryan off of Kane. Stephanie's screaming for security, and here they are. A defiant, insubmissive Daniel Bryan. Stay out! 
nation. The people are behind him. But it's almost impossible to defy them, the authority. And thank you for listening to King Jordan Radio for this Tuesday, March the 4th, 2014. We had a great show this week, and uh, maybe we'll have another great show this week. Let's introduce our guest. Our first guest is our wrestling insider, based out of where Raw was yesterday. Let's introduce the one and only Double J. JJ. Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. Hey, King. Great to be on this week. Wow. What a raw it was yesterday right here in Chicago at the Allstate Arena. I don't think there was ever a raw with so much hype. There was so much hype going into this raw, being the home of CM Punk and the fans rebelling against, you know, the WWE, the authority, and just demanding CM Punk, and I think that's exactly what we got. There was a lot of talk of uh, hijacking and things like that, but at the end of the day, I look at it a lot the way that uh, in the Attitude Era, when we look at whenever WWE went over to Canada, you always got those you screwed Brett chants, and in Chicago, you're going to get CM Punk chants. No question. Okay, I think we have another guest. Uh, Who do we got? King King, Jay, what's up, brother? Brother, okay. Uh, It's fifty-fifty that we might have another mystery guest tonight, so we'll have to wait and see. So we don't know yet. Uh, Up until then, let's get back to uh, Raw. Uh, The show kicks out with the. I thought a hundred percent it was CM Punk. How about you, JJ? Uh, You know, I thought that, let's say, you know, there were lots of rumors going into Raw. Like I said, it was a very uh, hype-filled Raw, so much talk. You know, I called Allstate Arena last week, and I asked them if they had any tickets available, and they said yes. And despite the fact that they had tickets available, I didn't go. So a lot of people were asking me, did you go to Raw yesterday? Were you there? And I said no. And uh, this was probably one of the first Raws where I wasn't sure if I wanted to go. It wasn't a matter of could I go. I could have gone, but I chose not to. Because if you would have asked me in January, are you going to Raw? I would have said no doubt about it, yes. But then February came out, and we heard the talk of CM Punk walking out. And I just, uh, I don't know, my excitement for Raw just kind of diminished a little. But uh, I definitely knew that there was going to be a great crowd. And I definitely thought, you know what, it would be really cool to be a part of that crowd. So just for the hell of it, last week I called, they had tickets, but I still was undecided. And yet, there was a rumor that came out this past weekend that the WWE was thinking of changing the card for WrestleMania. There was a rumor saying that they might add a third person to the main event of Batista and Orton for the WWE World Championship. And then there were people discussing, well, maybe that's CM Punk. Maybe he rene- renegotiated with the WWE, and maybe he's going to get that main event, uh, you know, that opportunity that he's been wanting for so long. 
you know, maybe Punk's going to be back. So there were lots and lots of rumors. Even, I believe, uh, Dave Meltzer reported that uh, he, he, was, he talked to someone within WWE, and they confirmed that uh, there's more than likely CM Punk will be at Raw in his hometown of Chicago. And uh, as you mentioned, Raw kicked off, and what do we hear? A cult of personality. And I just thought for Punk to come back and kick off the show like that, I just I didn't think it would happen like that. I thought they would save it so that maybe he came out and saved Daniel Bryan or maybe Triple H would come out and he would interrupt Triple H. Something like that would be huge. But for him to just walk out after being gone for so long and say, hey, I'm back, because it just doesn't feel right. So instead, what we got was a real treat. It was Paul Heyman, the perfect guy to address the Chicago crowd, the guy who used to manage CM Punk, and you know, Punk was the guy who coined the phrase, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. Paul Heyman came out right. and did what he did best, and uh, he went into the middle of the ring, much like CM Punk. He sat on the mat, Indian style, much like CM Punk used to do, and he just kind of delivered his own version of the pipe bomb, and he addressed CM Punk. He said that, uh, actually, it was actually kind of funny, because when he came out, obviously the crowd has thunder at CM Punk chants, and then Paul Heyman just kind of looked at the camera and goes, you know, he deserves better than that. So then that made the crowd go even crazier. So I got to give it to the WWE. They really handled this situation brilliantly. They controlled that Chicago crowd. They manipulated them. They knew they were going to chant CM Punk, and they encouraged it. They wanted them to get riled up. They wanted that. And Heyman, like I said, did a great job really bringing it out of the Chicago crowd. He came out and basically did the same speech he did once before, which he said, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Punk was one of the guys who wasn't supposed to make it here. He was too small, and yet he rebelled against the authority. He had the balls to say what no one else did. And he said, despite all that, nobody wants Punk here more than me, and I have to inform you that CM Punk is not here. And the fans, of course, boo. They boo. They were unhappy. They didn't believe him. And we all know that uh, with Paul Heyman, he has that reputation that you know when Paul Heyman is lying, if you can see his lips moving. So you couldn't really trust Paul Heyman, whether or not he said that Punk was there or not, you still had that feeling, you know, there was a buzz going around that arena. The fans were, were great. And uh, they just, I think it was 50-50. Either he was going to be there or he wasn't. No one really knew. And to me, that's exciting. How often in wrestling are you just unsure? With, with Internet spoilers and leaks and everything that goes on, I feel like we always know what's going to happen. The, and it, it takes the, the fun out of Yeah. This day exactly. and age, we know everything. Right. You, that's a very good point. And I'm glad you brought up Dave Meltzer because when the story first broke, uh, he is on the he went on uh, podcast one, which is the Stone Cold podcast, and yeah. he said this. So let's take a listen to Dave Meltzer talking about CM Punk. Is it a work? Is it a shoot? Let's listen to Dave Meltzer and Stone Cold. 
Doctor, let's move on. Let's go to the CM Punk situation. You and I talked about a, uh, a week or so ago. What's the word on the street with this cat? Street? I mean, uh, what's the word on the, the street with this cat? Shoot? Work? Where are we at? I, I, I think I think it's a shoot. I mean, it's like I can't like, like we talked. I mean, I can't put it a hundred percent. Is it such a word that. that they're shooting and and uh, they're they're getting all of us because? I mean, it's po- it's possible, but I don't I don't think so. I, I mean, because the one thing is, is he's been real frustrated for a long time. And, I mean, he's told people, you know, I mean, a lot of people that, that come July, you know, when his contract's up, he's gone and he's not, you know, he's gone and he's gone. And, you know, people were just saying, like, it just, I mean, I had people telling me, like, the, the week before, it's like, don't, don't be surprised if he doesn't last, you know, through July. I mean, he's very frustrated, money, promises, the whole bit. And, I mean, it's funny because I actually wanted to ask you, because when Lesnar left uh, in 2004, I remember talking to you about that, and and you mentioned to me like you were one of the few people who really could understand Lesnar because you were in, you know, you were, you were in the spot to carry the company, which he was put in. You were in spots where you know injuries, frustrations, and the whole thing. And again, it's the same thing. You probably would have a better insight into this than anyone because the guy the guy's all banged up. He's hurt, right. um, you know, and and. He, you know, he's frustrated. Um, I think he really, you know, he was a guy. I think he wanted to main event WrestleMania. I think he wanted to be the top guy. He got up to number two, uh, but never, never really reached number one. And I think that there, you know, on the heel side he did, but on the face side he was always number two. And I think that there was just, you know, he he did the turn heel, he turned back, and there was just, I think he was frustrated working with Triple H. Um, you know, I mean, as far as. I didn't. I don't see working with Triple H at WrestleMania as being a bad spot on the card. Actually, I see it as a guaranteed, really good spot on the card. Damn right. But 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 maybe from his perspective, it's like, well, if I'm leaving anyway, and they know I'm leaving, um, what do I get out of it? And it's like, well, I mean, you know, you know, you get a you get a big payoff. You get, you're in a highlight spot. Right. But but maybe he's. Maybe he's in a different position mentally. You know, Man, you I'll don't know, you and what, he, hasn't, he hasn't talked to anyone, so you, I don't know exactly everything. Yeah, and, you know, it's a funny thing because you know, I would man, I was running down the road and, and uh, uh, going, you know, working my ass off and, and and living fast and everything like that. And I, I really thought that you know WWE had thrown a few things uh, at me to slow me down. This is my perception back then. Uh, you know, on purpose to try to slow me down. But then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I did the job for uh, Brock in Atlanta. I just got finished working in Columbus, Georgia, you know, with Flair in a cage and got that 411. And it, it just didn't sit well with me. And it was a bad booking decision. And I had a phone call with Vince, and I know showed the, the show, and I went home for six, eight months or whatever till Jim Ross sent me a card in the mail, and we started talking, and he put me and Vince back on the same page. You know, that whole period of time I was gone, I didn't make one single dime. They stopped paying me. I was in breach of contract. I could do nothing. You know, and I didn't give a shit because that's where I was at. Yeah. Obviously, that's where CM Punk is at. He don't give a flying shit. But, you know, because I've been there and did that, and, and certainly I can feel the way I felt back then. And now looking back, you know, I say to CM Punk, hey, dude, just just chill, you know, get your head together. Uh, have that come to Jesus uh, meeting with, with the old man, with Vince. Uh, get back on the same page. And just ride your contract out. Just just go back to work. Leave on good terms. Continue to get your royalties in the in the coming years. If you want to ride off in the sunset, go do comedy. Go do this, that, or, or just don't do anything. But you know, when you breach, you breach, and that cuts everything off. Yeah. And so I know he's looking, you know, because uh, you know he's looking at the he's looking at the small picture, 
And I don't, I don't fault him for that because I did the same thing. But because I've been there and did that, I say, look at the big picture, collect your thoughts, get on the same page. And for some reason, I'm optimistic that they will, Dave. And I, I, I anticipate seeing him at WrestleMania 30. I cannot see WrestleMania 30 happen without him. Now, that being said, it will happen without him if he does not show. He will not stop the process. The machine always keeps rolling. Yeah, well, it has to. Well, you know, I mean, you bring up a good point, but... but you got to remember, his mentality is where yours was then, and not yours, you know. Correct. Ten, year, ten years later, um, and the, the, the whole the whole thing on, on that is, is you know, you you walked in there. And I mean, I remember that when that whole thing went down, and it's like, you know, you would you would you would cut you would cut a promo about creative, and 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 I thought, you know, this is me looking on the outside, when when I heard, okay, now you're you're you know the 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 thing with Lesnar, and it's like, wait a minute, this is a big pay per view match. For about you know nine months from now, right? I mean, you know, it, you know, Lesnar was just getting started. He was he was getting hot, but he wasn't near near the top. But but they were feeding him people, and you were the ultimate, you know, you were the ultimate destination. That was the match that people should have wanted to see at a you know really at at probably WrestleMania the next year. Yeah, and you know it it they went and wanted to do it on television you know way way early so. I, I could see your frustration, but, you know, looking back, you go, you know, I mean, there's there's another way of looking at it, and, you know, again, it's like there's a lot of money to be made by just finishing up your contract, and, you know, for, he he he's not a big spender, he's made he's made money and all that, but, uh, you know, you, you only have a, a, you know, you only have a short time frame to really make money that's going to, you know, whether, Bingo. whatever you want to do in the rest of your life, but you to make that kind of money, you know, as as an athlete, you know, when you're 35, it's like you, you know, you don't have that many years, and, and that's why, like, when guys are 35, 37, 40, um, and they walk out, you know, and they're still kind of hot. I'm, I always think that, like, you know, ride it out another two years because after a couple more years, you know, you're you're really not going to want to go out and do that schedule, and, and maybe physically can't anymore. Stay in that machine, keep riding the publicity of it, and then, you know, start dabbling and, and laying your hooks in. I mean, that's exactly what The Rock did when he segued into acting. He had a plan. That's what he ultimately wanted to do. I remember riding on the back of an airplane one time, and, you know, we was after a run, and I said, hey, man, uh, we're back here standing in the back having a drink. And I said, you heading home? He goes, no, I'm heading out to L.A. I've been working on some stuff out there. So he had the vision way back in the day that he was going to end up in Hollywood, and, boy, he has in a real big way. A lot of cats don't do that. They want to, you know, just, oh, you know, I've got an interest in doing this now. I've got a gut full of wrestling. I have some money in the bank. Well, man, keep riding the machine and, and put your hooks into other places. Then start reeling that stuff in. When it's time to jump off the WWE wagon, it will be at the right time. Many cats and gals have been premature in jumping off. And, a lot, and, and then a lot of them a year later change their mind. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and a lot of times it never is the same. That's true, too. That's true, too. Um, but, but sometimes, and, 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 you know, it's a weird thing. And then you also have the audience thing because, I'll give you an example. Batista, you know, when he left, and he was, uh, I think, 41 when he left, and he wanted to go into movies, and he was, he was pretty hot when he left. He was the top heel in the company. Sure. Then he came back four years later, and I thought at, at the time, it's like, okay, this is the right time. He's been gone for a real long time. And the first week, you know, the people went crazy for him. And now, you know, he looks different. He's, you know, who knows? Who knows? And, and, again, the jury's still out. I'm not saying that Batista's return is going to be successful because he's been back for a week and we haven't even seen him in a, in a regular match yet. And it was a, a lot of extenuating circumstances. People were mad at him for winning the Rumble, that they wanted somebody else to win and all that. But, um, you know, the, the, the thing is, is, is um, 
you know, when you when you leave and you're a top guy, and, and WrestleMania comes along, and they're going like, we need a, we need a jolt. You know, Punk. You know, it is possible that Punk may come back and be the darling of everything, and his return may be a giant thing. At the same time, RVD came back after a couple of years. His return was a giant thing, and they really. And, and, and for reasons, RVD only gave him a three-month commitment. You know, it's like Jericho when he, when he comes back. When you only give him a short commitment, they're not going to go that far with you. But um, RVD came back. The people were going crazy for him. But it did cool off pretty quick because they cooled it off quick because I think they didn't they, they didn't want him to get past a certain level knowing he was that, that he was only under contract for a couple months. Right. They wouldn't dump too much money into him knowing it's a short window. Right. Double J, uh, I want to go to you, your your take on the uh, Dave Meltzer uh, Stone Cold uh, conversation about CM well, Punk. Yeah, they both brought up some excellent points. Uh, I mean, Steve Austin, actually, very interesting enough, after that Monday Night Raw was over yesterday, if you went on to the WWE Network, right after Raw, obviously they have the uh, backstage post-Raw show, but after that was over, they had the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, documentary in which they discussed, you know, his career in the WWE, and they even discussed when he walked out, which uh, he mentioned uh, with Dave. And uh, they said, of course, back then, you know, Austin took his ball and went home. And, they, you know, they would bring that up from time to time. And they didn't necessarily bury Austin, but they just made it seem, you know, like Austin, you know, couldn't handle the pressures and, he just took off on everybody. And Vince is that the one that I'm in? That's even the one where uh, where Vince said that uh, you know Austin walked out on the fans, and we can't help but parallel that to what's going on with Punk walking out, and them saying that Punk walked out on the fans. A lot of people feel that way, and yet uh, as they pointed out, you know Austin said he really thinks he'll be back before WrestleMania 30. Austin has always said that you don't leave money out on the table. And there's a lot of money to be made right now, and CM Punk is one of the big money makers in the WWE. Besides John Cena, who's number one, uh, Punk was easily number two or number three. I mean, he's his merchandise sells like crazy. Uh, his T-shirts, his action figures, whatever. People are buying them. They're supporting him. They're going out to the arenas with his stuff. And, uh, you know, there's there's money to be made. Why would, you know, you walk away from that? Let's say he doesn't want to sign, renegotiate and re-sign with the WWE in July. Still, there's life after the WWE. So you want to make sure you collect as much as you can so that you can finance whatever it is you're going to do outside the WWE. Because, you know, it ain't going to be easy. And as they pointed out, there's a good chance that if, you know, he bombs outside the WWE, whether he does acting or people are even saying maybe MMA, if things don't work out, he can always come back to wrestling. And, you know, you want to make sure you come back on good terms. Right now, you know, I think Vince is doing everything. Yeah, I mean, the thing, Brock Lesnar, as you, as, they point, as you just pointed out, you know, he left after WrestleMania 20, and he was kind of yeah. sick of the schedule. He was tired of, he was frustrated, as uh, Austin and Dave pointed out. And, you know, he left and he said, you know what, I want to try football. So he goes, he tries out for the NFL, and guess what? He doesn't make the cut. So what does he do? He can't wrestle. Yeah. Uh, he can't wrestle because he broke uh, his contract with the WWE, and he was forced not to. Uh, he couldn't wrestle for how many years? 
because he broke uh, his contract with them. So he was really screwed, and he had to take the WWE to court so that they could break that contract and so that he could just have money, so he could put food on the table and pay his bills. So he actually took the WWE to court, and somehow, I don't know if he won or not, but the contract was withdrawn, and he was able to do other things. Uh, He went for UFC. He tried MMA. And you know what? He got some pretty good success. He made some good money for uh, Dana White, but unfortunately he got ill, and uh, he couldn't keep doing that anymore. So what are you going to do now? Well, he came back home, and he came back to the WWE. So now he's making money for them. And, you know, as Blackjack has said many times, all the greats, from Bruno to Warrior to Hogan to Austin to Brett, there's so many people who had so much beef with Vince McMahon or the WWE for whatever reasons and uh, creative, whatever frustrations they had, whatever they didn't like from the WWE, they have all come back home. And there's a, it's a very almost 100% possibility at some point in the future, Punk will come back too. He may have to come back on his knees, but he'll probably come back because at the end of the day, as Austin said, when there's money on the table, you take it because, you know, life, is, there's a lot of uncertainties. And, you know, when you have stability, you know, you can go a long way. And right now, he doesn't have that stability. And the WWE has plenty of merchandise for punk. I mean, there's, uh, just recently they had the New York, New York Toy Fair in which Mattel displays their future toys and all that stuff. Guess what? CM Punk's got figures coming out. So what do you do? Do you cancel the line? Do you not sell them? Uh, Ringside Collectibles has exclusive CM Punk figures. What do you do? Do you pull that up? Do you pull that out of the manufacturers? Do you not sell it? I mean, there's a lot of things going on that I don't think Punk realized. He was focused on the small picture, and he was frustrated. He's in the moment. He's pissed off. But, you know, there's a much bigger picture going on, and unfortunately, he doesn't have the hindsight to see that. Stone Cold Steve Austin does, because, like Desmond pointed out, that happened with Austin. He walked out six to eight months later. He realized he screwed up, called up his good old friend Jim Ross, and Jim Ross broke peace with uh, him and Vince. They got talking, and next thing you know, Austin's back. Everything's good again. Yes, absolutely, and... The one thing you do notice is that CM Punk is really mad. He probably feels that he should have had a bigger spot at WrestleMania. Uh, I got the feeling that uh, whether it's title match, it should have been Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk, like Paul Heyman wanted. And uh, that should have been the main event. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know who he was supposed to work with. Clearly, they would have loved to have him in Chicago yesterday. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, if he comes back, uh, if he doesn't come back, the show will go on. He'll yeah. be back. You guys are all missing the point of one thing. Where else is he going to go? He's <laughs> hurt. Yeah. And, and his feelings are hurt in two ways. And um, he, he's healing. He's doing some healing up. He's doing some thinking. But he'll be back. As, as we said, they've all done it I at some point. WrestleMania, though. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, he'll be, he, I'm looking at it like 90% that he'll be there. It's not a strong percentage, but um, I think he'll be there at Mania. Wow. I don't think he'll be at Mania. I don't see why he wouldn't. I think they got so many, so many big names at Mania already. 
with Hogan, you know, with God knows if they're going to get Austin. Yeah, uh, well, he better make a decision because uh, those chants, uh, I don't care if he's from Chicago or not, they will die out. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, yesterday they uh, made another announcement in regards to the Hall of Fame. Let's take a listen. My man! was the most unique manager we've ever had because he managed the most unique individual. One favor for to guide the career of the Undertaker, the Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer really was a big part of adding that mystique to the Undertaker. I've never seen anything like it. Paul Bearer, commanding the spirit of the Undertaker. I really feel that Paul Bearer had a great deal to do with the success of The Undertaker. It was just perfect. And with the urn, the ashes, and he had that, that high, shrivelly voice. He's scared of my Undertaker! Oh, I wonder why! Whoever he was with is automatically legitimized. Undertaker, Mankind, Kane. He was just very important to the overall presentation. That's a testament to how good Paul Bearer was. a great deal to us. So I guess he was probably the most unique manager in the history of the business. And congratulations to the late, great Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer joins the class, as Blackjack pointed out last week. Congratulations, Blackjack. And last year. We want to get that technical. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're going to put Scott Hall in. I think that's too risky, but they might. That's what it is. They're going to wait for maybe another week or two. They might wait like two more weeks, and they're going to see if he's going to be able to handle it. Um, Right now, I think he will be able to handle it. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's wish him the best of luck at this point in time. He may be there. But uh, what about Paul Bearer, J.J., one of the last good managers uh, to step forward in the WWE will uh, get his place. Unfortunately, he won't be there to see it unless The Undertaker, uh, you know, does what his gimmick does in real life. But uh, uh, it's it's a good-bad thing. It's, uh, it's sad. You know? Yeah. But, you know Paul Barrow unfortunately passed away last year. I mean, uh, definitely, uh, you know, for me growing up, a teenager, watching him with The Undertaker and then watching him uh, go so far with Undertaker. I don't know if The Undertaker would have been as successful if he didn't have someone like uh, Paul Bear, such a unique character to talk for him. I mean, uh, Taker didn't do much talking uh, back in the early days. He was very quiet. Paul Bear was the one who addressed the crowd and the fans and, you know, gave the interviews. And uh, he was just such a – it was very 
fascinating and unique, and he was so uh, interesting to watch. And uh, as they mentioned in that promo, his voice was something that you would never forget. You will never forget Paul Bear's, you know, voice. He was just so, uh, just a really great talent. And as you mentioned, one of the, the last great managers. And it didn't matter who he worked with, if it was Undertaker or if he uh, took on uh, Mankind, who Mankind who just came to the uh, WWF then. And uh, it was just really great to see him paired up with him. And it just worked. I don't know how, but uh, after seeing him with The Undertaker so long, you couldn't imagine, you know, Paul Bear managing someone else against The Undertaker, and yet Mankind fit that perfectly. And then even bringing in The Undertaker's, you know, quote-unquote brother, Kane, and then seeing Paul Bear with Kane, and then having the two brothers go at it at WrestleMania and all these great feuds and the Ring of Fire match and all that great stuff, such a historic, uh, just so much, you know, great memories I have of uh, Paul Bear. And even recently when they sort of brought him back on and off and they had Edge, Feuding with the Undertaker, and they had Paul Bearback. It was just really cool to see him back, and he didn't miss, miss a beat at all. He was just like the Paul Bear I remember watching uh, as a kid. So it was really cool. So I'm very happy for him that he is in the Hall of Fame. Very deserving. And let's talk about we got new tag team champions. You know, the uh, New Age Outlaws remind me of when they brought back the. Uh, Legion of Doom in the late 90s when they were past their prime, and they yeah. gave them the title for a little while, but mostly didn't. So it looks like uh, they're going to become jobbers. I don't know what happened on the main event. I know mm-hmm. that happened. I yeah, heard I watched. the match. Mm-hmm. I heard something like that. I don't know exactly what happened, but that will be a live show, I'm told. I would say year. look for new tag team champions. Oh, well, wow. to win the belts right back once again. Did they yes. get WrestleMania? No, WrestleMania. I think they're going to win it back tonight. No, it didn't happen. No, it happened already. No? They did not win it back. No, it's 7 watched, o'clock. It happened. Yeah, I watched the main event. I thought that just, too. Yeah, I watched it before uh, you know, we started uh, the King Jordan Radio, and they had it live on the WWE Network. And they had the Usos come out. They celebrated. They are the new tag team champions. And we were scheduled to have a match against the New Age Outlaws, a rematch from uh, the match yesterday on Raw. And Billy Gunn and uh, the Road Dog came out. And Road Dog was limping to the ring. And he said that he was hurt and he couldn't wrestle tonight. So instead, the Usos would challenge the Los Matadors. And it was a non-title match. Wow, maybe they'll have a uh, three-way tag team match at Mania. Maybe That'd be make, a good maybe, idea. Yeah, and maybe make it like a no DQ match, like they did at WrestleMania 14, with the cage oh. with the uh, New Age Outlaws versus Terry Funk and Mankind. Oh. Remember that? that? Yeah, really a hardcore tough fight, just a just a brawl between them, uh, Mick Foley and Terry Funk and the New Age Outlaws. I mean, wow, that was definitely a very physical match. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, whatever's planned for the tag team division for WrestleMania, I hope that, uh, you know, we see a great show. Also last night, Batista and Daniel Bryan battled to a no decision because of all the interference. Uh, 
Batista looks to be a full-fledged uh, bad guy, JJ. Yes, uh, this actually happened at SmackDown, believe it or not, of all the, the shows to yes. do it on. Batista came out, and he kind of cut a promo against the fans. <clears throat> and uh, he basically said that, you know, he came back for him. He didn't come back to be a hero. He didn't come back for the fans. He came back because he wanted to and that he's a real man. He's not some 190-pound uh, wannabe. You know, he's a real man of professional wrestling, and that he should be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And uh, that basically led up to this match on uh, Monday where we saw Batista taking on Daniel Bryan, which no doubt Batista, you know, he's been booed even when he was a face yet. He was still sort of a good guy, but the fans have already turned their back on him once he won the Royal Rumble. But uh, in Chicago, that uh, that crowd, you know, they they definitely they they weren't cheering for Batista, not at all. They were cheering for Punk, who wasn't there, but they were also I know. It was in my imagination, but were they cheering CM Punk all night long? That's what it seemed like. You know, despite the fact what a lot of people say, uh, you know, I went on Twitter and it was unbelievable to me the response from the fans. There are all these fans calling out the Chicago fans and they're saying that they're not real wrestling fans, that they're marks. They're not real wrestling fans. They're one of the best in the business. <laughs> I know. I was, I was very surprised by, you know, the re- all the responses I read online and that they said, you know, real fans don't hijack the show, and that Chicago was a failure. And I was just blown away by this, because let's face the fact, this isn't the Attitude Era, this isn't ECW, uh, the bingo hall, the, you know, Hammerstein Ballroom. This is the WWE and the PG Era. And yet, we had such a great, rabid crowd And here's the thing, even in the Attitude Era, Raw was only two hours. This crowd in Chicago had to keep that pace going for three hours straight. And I think for the most part, they did. They hijacked the show. And they were teased in the beginning of the show with a possible CM Punk sighting. So that that had to aggravate the fans of Chi-Town. Yeah, exactly, uh, and that's what I mentioned earlier at the start of the show, that the WWE was controlling them the whole time. They basically had Chicago in the palm of their hands, but that was great because, in my opinion, it made for great television. Despite the fact Punk wasn't there, those chants were incredible. They were loud, they were deafening, and as you pointed out, they were pretty much throughout the whole three hours. There were times where, of course, they kind of died down, but damn, how are you supposed to keep that going for three hours straight? I mean, shit, you got to go to the bathroom at some point. You need a, a, to breathe. You know, you can't just be going three hours straight. But, you know, for the most part, they were cheering for a guy who wasn't even there. That's the thing. So did they hijack the show? Yes. Was it a successful hijack? No, because at the one point, they didn't get their boy. Punk didn't show up. So it wasn't a success because we didn't get our guy back. But they did take over that show. It was the CM Punk show, despite he wasn't there. I was grateful that they still embraced some of the other wrestlers on the card because a lot of fans, again, pointing out that it was disrespectful to cheer for somebody who's not there, for somebody who walked out, etc. But uh, they did cheer for the Usos when they won the tag title. 
They did pay their respects to Paul Bear when he was announced in the Hall of Fame. They did cheer for the Shield and the Wyatts. They were supportive towards Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement. And uh, they were a really great crowd. And as you pointed out, let's get back to where you we were going, with uh, Dave Batista and Daniel Bryan. They were supporting Bryan. They did the yes. The camera, you know, did a wide angle, which you saw Chicago just standing up, pointing their fingers in the air, screaming yes, yes, yes for Daniel Bryan. They were behind him. They were still chanting for Punk, but they were definitely behind Daniel Bryan. And the match was maybe about 10 to 15 minutes. Raw really went into overtime yesterday. Because I don't know how often they take a commercial break at about 11 p.m. I don't think they've ever taken a commercial break at 11 p.m. And yet there was an 11 p.m. commercial, and the show didn't end until maybe 11.15 or 11.20. So it went very far for... Uh, Monday Night they, Raw they crowd. should really tell their fans or, or just put it at 11.15 because a lot of fans that just set it to DVR and then they could miss, you know, it say I'd set it to 11.05 Eastern mm-hmm. Time or yeah. 8.05 uh, West Time, wherever I am, that is. And, yeah. you know, you're going to miss, uh, you're going to miss the most important part of the show. Mm. you you got to at least put it up 20 of the hour. Yeah. Really, because, you know, although I don't know if the fans would have wanted to do that yesterday, because, unfortunately, as great as the show was, I you know loved the crowd. I thought they were hot all night, and then they were behind Brian. But, unfortunately, the whole hijacking, the yes movement, it all came to an end, because at the end of the day, what did we see? We saw Triple H, Stephanie, Randy Orton. They were standing tall over a defeated Daniel Bryan. And that's what we've been watching for the last six to eight months. And we really didn't get any change. So that was probably the only bummer of the night. Besides CM Punk not being there, we still got the same old crap. Okay, yes. Uh, What won't be crap is this Saturday at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. before you go to Madison Square Garden, which is uh, later on that night at 8.15 p.m., uh, you will see Dirty Dennis Rodman, King Kong Bundy, AJ Style, over 30 amazing guests, including also the Honky Talk Man who was here last week. Come on, Jim, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Jim, the mouth of the South Heart. Greg the Hammer Valentine, what you need to do is log on to BigEventNewYork.com. That's BigEventNewYork.com. The tickets are only 10 bucks. There's going to be Virgil there. There's going to be the Boogeyman there, the Little Boogeyman. There's going to be Brutus. There's going to be all kinds of names that that I don't even have in front of me, but you you don't want to miss this. It's going to be amazing. Okay, back to Raw. In the IC title match, it was a Big E, like Big E Papa, uh, defeating Cesaro via DQ. Your thoughts, JJ? Well, uh, this was a very uh, cool match. The fans of Chicago, I think, despite all the, the countless CM Punk chants that were going out throughout that match, but uh, they were behind Cesaro. There's something about Cesaro 
that uh, this weave of people thing. The fans just are really starting to come in, really become a, a fan of this guy. They're following him. They're into that swing he does where they count you know, the, all the revelations that he does. And uh, Big E Langston, who now is just Big E, uh, he, it's amazing. I think he's a great talent. Uh, I like him as the Intercontinental Champion. He's the baby face going into this match. But in, yet in Chicago, it was Bizarro World because they were booing the hero and they were cheering the villain. So that's the, the funny thing about Chicago is you never know what you're going to get. So Big E, despite being the face, he was getting booed out of that building. People were behind Cesaro, the swing, and uh, I thought it was a nice match for what we saw. It was pretty quick, and uh, it was a very quick, actually, because Jack Swagger ran in, and he just attacked Big E Langston, and he caused a disqualification. We never really even got to see the match take off because of Jack Swagger, and there seems to be this kind of rivalry between Jack Swagger and Cesaro, who are the real Americans, and Zeb Coulter is trying to play peacemaker, and he's trying to get them on the same page. And later that night, there would be another match between uh, E and Jack Swagger. So Jack Swagger got an opportunity against the Intercontinental Champion, and to our surprise, Antonio Cesaro, before the match could even really kick off, he went in and he attacked Big E Langston, and then Jack Swagger's like, what the hell? You just disqualified me, and I lost. So then there was this little confrontation between uh, Swagger and Cesaro, and they were getting into a, a bit of a pushing uh, match, and then Zeb Coulter again trying to calm him down, and he said, listen, hug it out. And I could have sworn we've seen this before. Maybe about two years ago, there was a guy by the name of Daniel Bryan and Kane who hugged it out in front of everyone on my Monday Night Raw, and it pretty much changed the, the tag team division. We saw the very unique tag team of Hell No, which was very entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed it, and it really yeah. took Daniel off. So I don't know if we're going to be going that route with the Real Americans, with Cesaro and uh, Swagger, but uh, it, it was it was very interesting. I'm very curious where this goes uh, with Cesaro because it seems that he's definitely rising up uh, the ladder in the WWE. And actually, last week on the WWE Network, they aired the first ever sort of live special of NXT. And Cesaro kicked off the NXT show against uh, one of the NXT guys by the name of Sami Zayn. And they, these two tore the house down. I haven't seen a wrestling match that good in such a long time. It was phenomenal. It was a great way to kick off the show, and it instantly made me a fan of uh, NXT. Cesaro and Sami Zayn, they, they just tore the house down. It was just a classic old-school wrestling match, but uh, wow. So Cesaro is definitely someone I'm keeping my eye on in 2014. Yes, uh, he could be the, uh, what do you say, the rookie of the year, maybe? Yeah. Somebody keep your eye out. Okay, in six-man tag actions, we had the Wyatts uh, defeating the Shield, and there was some dissension among the ranks. <laughs> I think I heard Blackjack laughing because he had predicted that uh, someone would be turning in the uh, Shield, 
and uh, I, I thought for the longest time it would be Dean Ambrose. I thought maybe Dean Ambrose would be the one to break it out of the shield and to cause that rift. But uh, to my surprise, they didn't go that way this time. And instead, we saw the Wyatts and the Shields square off for only the second time. The last time, of course, was at the pay-per-view. And this was the second time they would be in the ring together, the Chicago crowd. Again, still chanting for CM Punk, but they appreciated the Wyatts and Shield, and they were getting behind them. They were chanting, this is awesome. They appreciated the match. But, uh, you know, what surprised me was Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was in the match, of course, and Dean Ambrose was wrestling, and he wouldn't tag Seth Rollins. And then Roman Reigns got in the match, and people are cheering for Roman Reigns. And then, you know, Seth Rollins wanted to tag, and Roman Reigns didn't tag him. So Seth Rollins was getting kind of frustrated. So then uh, uh, in the match, I don't know if Ambrose was going to make the tag to uh, Seth. Seth decided, you know what, screw it. He walked away. He walked away from the shield. It was uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns going up against all three members of the Wyatts. It turned into basically a handicap match because Rollins just stood at the ramp and watched. He refused to go in and help his boys, who he's been with for the last year, and uh, who they've dominated the WWE in the last year. And he just kind of broke away. And he said, you know what, you guys, I'm tired of being the glue that holds this mess together, and I'm done. So that was very surprising to me. And Seth Rollins, I mean, just to point this out there, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I would be shocked if uh, Seth Rollins joined the Wyatt, because unlike the other two members of S.H.I.E.L.D., Seth Rollins has that beard, and you know those guys in the Wyatt family, they love their beard. So who knows? Maybe Seth Rollins could be a new recruit, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm hoping... It's going to make the Wyatts a lot stronger now if that happens. And there could be a possible uh, three-way match going on between the Shield at Mania. Yeah. I hope to see that. Okay, we we also had uh, a mixed tag with Santino Marella and Emma defeating Summer Rae and Fantango. Oh, yeah. That, I kind of feel bad for them because uh, the Chicago crowd at this point, this might have been during the second hour, they were starting to lose their wind, and they were winding down. I, they, I know they didn't have the energy of before. I don't even think I heard a CM Punk chant. It was that bad. But, uh, you, know, you know, Emma, she's, she's one of that I think uh, she's someone to watch out for. I saw her also wrestle. On NXT last week, she wrestled the NXT Women's Champion Paige, and uh, it was a kind of a bumpy start to the match. But uh, once they got things going, Emma really surprised me. I thought, uh, you know, she's a very talented wrestler, so I'm excited to see her do big things in the WWE. But you know, right now she's got that kind of a goofy, silly character where you know she does that you know weird dance where she's just poking her arms around. She's you know, trying to pop bubbles and stuff. But uh, she had that, that mixed tag match with Santino against Summer Rae and Fandango, and she does that Emma lock. That Emma lock is basically sort of an a, uh, Indian death lock in which you tie your opponent's legs and you sort of, uh, sort of bridge over and pull their head back. It's a beautiful move. So uh, it's something that I hope really takes off for her. Again, the fans weren't into the match, and I don't know where they're going to go with this whole Emma-Santino relationship, 
but uh, I hope we see her wrestle more because if she wrestles more, I think the fans will definitely get behind her. If she just comes out and does those silly dances, then uh, she might get lost in the shuffle. We also had the uh, single match with uh, Sheamus and Christian, which battled to a no contest. What's your thoughts on that one, J.D.? Well, again, this this happened right after that mixed tag match. So, again, the Chicago crowd, they sort of weren't into it. Uh, They were chanting, believe it or not, I don't think they were chanting for CM Punk for once. They were actually chanting, we want Ziggler. They were doing a We Want Ziggler chant, and uh, they they even chanted, this is awful. They were chanting, this is awful, to Christian and Sheamus, who, you know, I thought they went out there, they had a nice, you know, sort of physical match, and, uh, you know, they're beating the hell out of each other. They they finally sort of got into it when Sheamus does that one move where he ties his opponent in the ring ropes, and as JBL would say, he kind of goes a clubber in, and he just clubbers, uh, you know, his opponent with those forearm smashes. And the fans were into that. They were counting the, you know, every time he smacked Christian. But the thing that surprised me is maybe this is even why Punk left too, because his contract was coming to an end. Maybe he wasn't going to resign. Maybe he was. I don't know. I don't know what's going on through Christian. But. Christian is another one of those guys where his contract is running out. He'll probably finish his contract like, you know, any other superstar would. Maybe he'll resign. Maybe he won't. Again, I don't know what his intentions are. But if you listen to the commentary, they're just burying Christian. They're calling him this kind of pale rat face that he doesn't even go uh, He doesn't even lift weights. Probably the only bench he's ever seen is the bench in his home. I'm like, why the hell are they burying this guy like that? I mean, who's been saying of, that? They they said that uh, Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole, JBL. Okay. If you li- watch that match again, if you can, go to YouTube or the WWE Network. Watch that match. Listen to the announcers just criticize Christian, and it's not even they're criticizing him because he's a heel. They're just flat out, you know, making fun of him of his basic appearance. I mean, hell, what the hell? I, they're calling him mustard. They're saying he looks yellow because of his yellow spray tan and his yellow hair. I, what is Let me see if uh, we have uh, Dominic with us. Dominic, are you there? Yes, Jordan, I'm here. What's up, guys? Hey, Dominic, what's hey, going on? Dominic, welcome. Good on, man. I've been holding on <laughs> since 5 to 8. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Okay, we had a couple of uh, unknown numbers, so. Oh, I maybe that know. one was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's about six of them, so I can't tell. And last week we had the Honky Talk Man. Yeah, I got your message when I came up from dinner. Yeah, the Honky Talk Man was on last week. Cool, man. He was very cool, a lot of fun. I had a great time uh, chatting with him. He was really great. Yeah, I never met the Honky Talk Man. I heard he's a lot of fun. And uh, what would you take of Raw? We were just concluding it. Yeah, I enjoyed Raw a lot, but... What was posted on the websites the day before was look for CM Punk to return, mm-hmm. which they're going to try to put him in a match at WrestleMania, even yeah. if it's a three-way. Mm-hmm. And no CM Punk, but the crowd no. did hijack the show. Yes. And they were going CM Punk all over the place, yes. which is basically shitting on all the other matches when they yeah. do that. But True. Yeah. 
they sent their message, but we didn't we didn't get punk, so it was done for nothing, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> Unbelievable. And yep. uh, the Usos, as you pointed out, Dominic, you said uh, wait a little bit and they'll get the titles, and there you go. Yeah, I'm glad they got it. I love the Usos. I've been a fan of them since day one. They got the fire. They got the spirit. They got their father, who's a legend. And I'm glad they won. Now, it's live on on the network now. So I don't know if you guys saw it yet, or you're going to wait till tomorrow and watch it on the Ion Network. I already saw it. Oh, okay. What happened, J.J.? Well, they were supposed to have a rematch between the New Age Outlaws, and uh, instead, uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn came out. Road Dog was limping, and he okay. said he fell on some ice, and that he couldn't uh, he couldn't have the match tonight on main event. So oh, instead, I thought I heard that when I was listening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So instead, it was the Usos versus Los Matadors. So in the future, there'll probably be a rematch between the Usos and the New Age Outlaws. Maybe next Monday night. Maybe on SmackDown. Or maybe at WrestleMania. Who knows? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Steve Austin on his podcast had a little t- talk with Jim Ross about never having a program with Hulk Hogan. Well, let's take a listen and come back and talk about it on the other side. Let me ask you this question. Do you have any regrets uh, career-wise from not having a program of significance with uh, Hogan? Yeah, you know what? The, the thing about the, never having to run with Hogan, uh, guys, man, I, I was running so hard back then, hard-headed as hell, you know, the word on the street that, you know, he wasn't ever going to do any favors for anybody. I damn sure wasn't going to do any favors for anybody who wasn't going to favor back, if you, if you know what I'm saying. And it's funny, when you listen to professional athletes talk about each other, uh, you know, two bass basketball players, they'll, they'll rarely put another guy over. They'll talk in a complimentary tone, but they won't give that guy too much credit. Same thing was going on, I would I would think, and from me, but you'd have to ask uh, Hulk Hogan this question to get his opinion, but, hey, I recognize everything that guy did, but I also recognize everything that I did, and I know how I like to, uh, to work and how I like to fly in the ring and, 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 and do my business, and uh, I just, uh, I would, he was open to having a match. I thought so. Me, not so much. <clears throat> I just, I thought the styles would clash. I didn't think it'd be that great of a match. And, and this is me outworking me. Uh, you know, I, I, I love the money that I made in the wrestling business, but I, 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 w- I won't do a high-profile match just to get a good payoff because I'd love to have the money, but it ain't about the money. It's about the match and the program, and if I'm not going to enjoy it, I'm not going to do it. And I, I guarantee you, you know, if, if my head would have been in a little bit different place and uh, uh, I wasn't as uh, competitive or hard-headed as I had been, then, you know, by all rights, a program should have happened. But, again, I, I think that was, you know, and, and me physically and mentally where I was at, I could go. I think Hogan would have probably been a step or two behind that. That wasn't acceptable to me. And I didn't want to slow myself down. And I say that with all due respect. Hulk Hogan, Terry Belia, because the guy had a hellacious run. You know, I, that I, was my that was my thought process I, back I th- in the day. I think Steve, quite honestly, uh, whether it's a one-off or uh, and if I had been uh, picking up the pencil and was going to you know pencil in the match and book an angle, 
It'd be a one-off, one time. I don't need to go to the well and see if we can get two out of something that we're lucky to get the one out of. Okay, <laughs> now let's go to the finish room. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, you, he, <laughs> it's he, easy for you and me. Well, see, yeah, he, he gets a stunner. You're staying. He's leaving. Uh, you uh, give him a hug or shake his hand like a man when it's over, and uh, he's as whole as he could be uh, if you chose to do that. Or you do it the next night on Raw when all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, he maybe somewhere down the road, uh, it's uh, you and him in a tag match. I'm just looking at I don't see why it would be hard to do business. You wouldn't have that 30-minute knockdown dragout athletic match like you had the three times at WrestleMania with Rock because he was an athletic son of a gun. Right. You know, Terry. Well, that's kind of where my head was at, though, in having those kind of matches. I didn't think we could deliver at that level. And when you go to what him and Rock did at WrestleMania 18, right. oh, they did nothing. No. They had the people in the palm of their hands. It's one of the most electric crowds that I'd ever seen, and everything they did got the, the best response possible. It was an unbelievable matchup. So they did it without really doing anything, and everything they did meant so much. Yeah. I take my hat off you could those done, two guys for the match that they put on that night. Yeah, that was awesome, and and it stole the show because everybody thought it was going to be good, but nobody thought it was going to be uh, a, a lifetime memory. If you were in the building, uh, never forget it. You know, and yeah, in Toronto, and like you know, Lawler and I were lucky as hell because we were at ringside getting to call the match. That's a lifetime memory. And uh, so it was really cool stuff. Dominic, what do you think about that? With Steve Austin uh, talking about Hulk Hogan not wanting to have a match with him. Well, I'll tell you, it's like from a great class to no class. Um, Austin would have had to carry that match. Um, Hulk Hogan in the United States did absolutely nothing but tear off his shirt. Put up the big boot, and that's it. Granted, he put asses in the seats, but he left all the wrestling that he knows behind, left it over in Japan. I seen him suplex Great Muda on the floor. When's the last time you saw Hogan do a suplex in, in, in the WWF slash WWE? Never. The clashes, uh, the styles would clash, and that makes for a match that's a shit. And I wouldn't want to see that. I want to see I want to see Austin beat the hell out of Hogan real easy, and show him I'm a wrestler. I can fight. You're a showman. There's a difference between a showman and a wrestler. And uh, Blackjack, what about you? Do you think that match should have took place? Uh, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened if they would have been in the right place at the right time. Um, but we never got a chance to really see it. I think things could have been worked out back in the day. And JJ, well, as uh, you know, Blackjack pointed out, there's a time and place for everything, but unfortunately, <clears throat> there wasn't a time or a place for that match. Would have been uh, a five star match, I don't know, but still, you know, Austin. Hogan, much like what we saw at WrestleMania between Hogan and Rock, it was those two generations uh, clashing, and it definitely was the high point of that WrestleMania. Everybody, you know, remembers that match. Everybody, the crowd was so into it, 
And uh, this again, The Rock, who was the face, and Hogan, who was the heel with the NWO at the time, you know, it was a switch. And then Hogan all of a sudden became that Hulk Hogan of the old days with the rose of yellow. Despite the fact he was in the NWO gear, the fans were looking at him like he still had on the red and yellow, and Hulkamania was still running wild like it was in the 80s. And then Rock suddenly became this villain, and he was being booed and jeered, and you know Hogan was being cheered, and it was just uh, for the what it was. It was a it was a great moment. It was a great moment. The match, you know, like I said, it was okay. It was passable, but it was a great moment in WrestleMania history, which is what WrestleMania I think is about: great moments. So Austin and Hogan, it could have had a great moment. Would have been a great match. Like Dominic said, I think the, the styles would clash, and Austin would have to tone it down. And as Austin said in that, uh, that podcast, at that point in time in his head, he couldn't tone down. He was going full force. Whether he had a broken neck or not, this guy was going, you know, 100 miles per hour. He was just, you know, on fire then. So I don't think he could have slowed it down, and he could have severely hurt, you know, Hogan or... You know, who knows what could have happened. You know, it's something we'll never know. That's why you have to play the video games. In the video games, you can do Hogan versus Austin. Exactly. But uh, in real life, we're never going to see it. Okay, Jim Morris was recently on the Opie and Anthony show, and people who listen to that know that's like a Howard Stern show. He said some funny stuff about Vincent K. McMahon. Let's take a listen. It's hard to get along with him when you work with him every day. He's uh, Vince. Yeah, yeah, Vince is... Uh, he gets. I just thought of Vince when I said he's hard to get along with, and we were talking about two guys. So if I was on the headset right now, he'd say, "God damn it, Who you, don't use pronouns. I need names." He used to be on the headset. You like you'd hear him in your ear as you're trying to do a producer, yeah, a broadcast. Yeah. And well, Mick Foley oh, told, wow. told us, you know, yeah, yeah, man, Mick told us some ears. fun stuff. Oh yeah, he, he was brutal. He was. Uh, he it was makes it hard to do your job, I would think. It is challenging. Because you're hearing your partner, you're hearing you, you know, in your cans, yep. the ambient noise of the audience, you're trying to pay attention to your monitor, and you've got the most powerful man in the world <laughs> who signs your checks and could control your career at a snap of a finger with it, you know, sounds like you just gargle with Drano in one ear, <laughs> Yeah. you know. Sam is asking us about the Vince uh, story. Polyfunction story. Yeah, I don't know this one. <laughs> well, That's a good one. Vince, Vince is a guy that uh, he has a great sense of humor. You know, he's, he's, he won't like me saying this, but uh, he's really just a uh, uh, refined, rich redneck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he loves uh, humor. He loves to laugh. And we have this uh, one of our Hall of Fame guys, uh, one of the Briscoe brothers. Sure. The fans down around the world are going to know especially in Florida and places. Jerry and Jack Briscoe were Oklahoma boys, made good, a lot of money, bought a lot of real estate okay. in Tampa. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have a very special guest. He is a former champion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the King Harley Race. On King Jordan Radio. Good evening, King Harley Race, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you, my friend? It's good being on the air with you. You are joined with Black Jack Brown from the Chicago Sun-Times. You are joined with Dominic Valente from the Wrestling Hot Seat. And our wrestling insider is Double J. 
Wow, it's a complete honor to be able to talk to you, Harley Race. Definitely the king, Harley Race, one of the all-time greats, without a, without question. Well, Harley hey. Race is Dominic from New York. You are great, man. You are one of the class acts. You're a legend. Everything you did in this business turned to gold, man. You you are truly an icon in this business. Well, I and, appreciate uh, guys. With that in mind, uh, Blackjack, why don't you open up with uh, the first question for Mr. Race? Harley, what do you think about the wrestling of today's uh, world with this um, worldwide uh, type of media thing? It's like huge with this WWE, the way they've taken over the universe with these computers and social media stuff. Are you hip on that stuff? Well... If I was, I wouldn't be sitting here in my office just finishing up a training session. Wow. There you go. Dominic, let's go over to you for uh, the next question for Mr. Reyes. Yeah, Harley, I recently interviewed your old tag team partner, Larry the Axe Hennig, on my hotline. Another class act, a true gentleman. We talked about his son, Mr. Perfect, and we talked about Curtis Axel who's with the WWE right now, teaming up with Ryback. And how was he as a tag team partner? Well, him and I were tag team champions for a lot of years, and uh, pretty boy Larry Henning is as nice a person as anyone uh, that's ever been on this earth. Yeah, and the pretty boy and the handsome one. What a great tag team you guys really, really were. One of the best. And Harley, well, I, this Saturday, you will be in New York City, March the 8th, Saturday, this Saturday, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And, uh, of course, uh, you had many matches in the Madison Square Garden area. And uh, how do you feel about coming back to New York, Queens, for the big event? Well, it's always great going back to places uh where you had a pretty good reputation and it's being able to see people that I knew back then and have people come up to me that knew me back then. It, it, you know, it, it all works out uh, for all of us. And Harley Race, uh, going into the Hall of Fame is a guy that you wrestled uh, when he was just coming into the to the scene, I'm talking about the Ultimate Warrior. Your thoughts on uh, James Hellwig, the Ultimate Warrior? Anyone back from that year uh, that made it as far along as, as he did, uh, you had you had to have the knowledge of what you were doing and the capabilities of doing what you were doing. And he was one of he was one of the good ones. JJ, it's your turn. Yes. You know, back uh when you were really you know hot in wrestling with the American Wrestling Association, you know, there were these territories. One thing that's lacking today in wrestling is the territories and all that there really is is the WWE. When you were in the AWA and you jumped over to the National Wrestling Alliance, you know how 
difficult was was it difficult to translate from one organization to the next? You know, uh, what was that like? Well, when you're leaving one, going to another, depending on your your credibility at that point in time, uh, leaving the, the AWA and headed back into the NWA. I had been uh, world's tag team champion with pretty boy Larry Henning. Coming back in, everyone knew that I had some credibility behind me, so it was fairly easy to make the move. Okay, Dominic, let's go back to you for the next question. Yeah, you know, that's what I miss about a lot of wrestling, about the territories. People don't have any place to go now that McMahon has everything besides... TNA. Now, would you, would you consider going to TNA as like a manager or a coach or something or somebody that would work in the back? Well, who would run what I'm doing today if I left here? That's true. I think you're better off where you are, Harley. I think I'm quite satisfied with where I'm at. Blackjack, let's go over to you. One of the greatest matches that I've seen in, in past time is you against Dusty Rhodes. Um, does any match come to mind particularly? I've had a lot of them with Dusty Rhodes over the years. and for I remember years, times when he, he beat you for the belt. Did you beat him? Oh, I think it would be pretty close to a flip of a coin, but I would imagine I'm ahead on that coin. Yes, you are. And right, uh, Harley, this one's for you. You know, let me tell you something, Harley Race. There's a lot of people <laughs> in this world that I wrestled time and time again. The American Dream has had feuds with a lot of people up and down, the highways and byways, if you will. But Harley Race, i got to give you credit, my friend. You took me all the way to the limit, all the way to the limit that the American Dream could possibly be. You made me sweat, bleed, tears. You brought it all to me, and you gave me some of the greatest matches of my life, brother. Well, and uh, likewise as you did to me. That was me, Harley. That was my best imitation that I do. <laughs> okay. JJ, let's go over to you for the next question for Mr. Harley Race. Well, what are your thoughts on superstars who are coming up today and that, you know, instead of traveling from town to town or going from territory to territory, now the WWE has their performance center and they're kind of manufacturing and kind of uh, creating their superstars, uh, you know, right over there as opposed to, you know, superstars going over into Mexico or Japan or traveling the world and honing in on their craft. Um, do you think it's a good thing what uh, what's going on with the Performance Center, or are you more of a fan of the traditional way of superstars kind of just kind of having that ability to kind of grow their talent, uh, just, you know, seeing different uh, territories and places and wrestling and just really honing in on their craft? Well, it's kind of a, a catch-as-catch-can situation. Uh, back when I was coming up, they had organizations all over and you had to uh, be good enough to go to them all and and get involved and 
make your own uh, way uh, up and out of uh, each and every one of them. For the guys themselves, it's much easier being where they're at today. You've got one organization to make happy, and you do your performing and do it uh, the best of your ability. Uh, they'll either pick up on it or they won't. Harley, uh, your thoughts on working with Hulk Hogan for those many matches that you did all around New York, Boston, Philadelphia. How was it working with the Hulkster? Well, working with the Hulkster was uh, kind of a, a, I don't know how exactly how to term it. Uh, the guy was very, very talented, and he was absolutely gifted in the conversation department. Yes. And any time you were with him, uh, if you could perform, you were going to have a good match. Right, right. Absolutely. Okay, Dominic, why don't you uh, go ahead with the next question. Well... To comment on, on, on Hulk Hogan and Harley Race, again, it's a wrestler against a showman. Harley Race being the wrestler, Hogan being the showman with zero ability but put asses in the seats. Harley Race, one of the great veterans, one of the great stars of the sport, epitomizes the word wrestling and also put asses in the seats. So Harley Race always carried those matches, made Hogan look good, and mm-hmm. Harley, of course, the king of the ring. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. You were one of the okay. best, sir. One of the best. Yep. You have a question for him, Dom? Who? You talking to me? Yes. Yeah, Harley, I'd like to bring you on my hotline to do an interview. How about it? Well, give me a call, and you've got the numbers. All right, I'll get the number from Jordan. Okay, uh, Blackjack. King, do you uh, look at any of these matches on computers? All you got to do is punch up Harley Race's name, and all kinds of matches come up. Have you been uh, experiencing any of that stuff for yourself? Well, I'm not smart enough to turn that computer on and do that. But I've got a kid out here that that is... uh, My son Leland out here, uh, he's capable of uh, looking any and all that stuff up, and uh, he keeps me pretty well informed on everything. And And then when you see that kind of stuff, how do you feel about that? Is it amazing to you how this thing has become? There's about a hundred different ways I could answer that. Uh, Well, give me one. (laughs) <laughs> it seems it seems to be working. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, JJ, let's go over to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the WWE Network? Uh, one of the great things about the network is be able to look up uh, all your favorite wrestlers, superstars, and uh, you know you could just type in Harley Race in the WWE Network and get about a, a dozen. Uh, your appearances or matches against uh, Pedro Morales or your times 
at the 1988 Survivor Series. Uh, what are your thoughts on the WWE Network? Well, I have always uh, been a Vince McMahon supporter. He was smart enough to be to be able to stay in it and keep his back to the wall and going straight forward to to get to where uh, he got, and then his son stepped in, and he was smart enough to take it on from there. Harley, uh, what? Give me a, a one match that you that you always look back on, and you say, you know what? I'll never ever forget that match, for better or for worse. Any one of the eight times I won the title. <laughs> well, that's a lot. So, uh... <laughs> okay, Dominic, let's go to you. A few more questions, and I'm gonna let Harley go. Holly, who managed you in the WWE? Was it Jimmy uh, Hart? No, uh, Bobby Heenan. Oh, Bobby Heenan, okay. Yeah, Bobby Heenan, one of the great managers, too. Had a lot, a lot of great talent. Yeah, yes. we miss we miss Bobby Heenan. He comes out to the autograph signings once in a while, and his health, he's hanging in there. Well, more power to him. Yeah. When was the last time you were in WWE, uh, Harley? Do you remember? Oh, you mean physically wrestling myself or just uh, there to visit? Or Yeah, physically wrestling there. Oh, it had to be in the middle 90s somewhere. Oh, okay. So did you end it with the WWE or the WCW slash NWA? Uh, the WCW. Oh, okay. Uh, did you ever get close to J.J. Dillon? Uh, by how close you call close. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, was he one of your friends, Ric Flair? You know, yeah. that group there, the, the Four Horsemen. Well, all of them on the personal level were my friends. They were all uh, very decent guys and great performers. And Absolutely. Okay, a final question from uh, J.J. Yes, as King mentioned, uh, one of the last times uh, we saw you in the WWE was when they were trying to bring up Randy Orton, and they were making him the legend killer. And uh, a, lot, a lot of oh yeah, a lot of fans were very upset at the lack of respect that uh, Randy Orton showed you when you attended one of the live events, and he spat in your face on the show. I mean, were you okay with that? Were you upset uh, that they were that they wanted to do that? Well, I kicked his butt, I kicked his father's butt, and I kicked his grandfather's butt. So if he if he got that little thing in on the end, that wasn't bad. Uh, <laughs> and this Saturday at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., you, uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, Brutus Beefcake, Greg the Hammer Valentine, 
Virgil, with all the uh, a lot of uh, great legends, will be at the big event. They could go to BigEventNewYork.com, uh, and uh, we want to thank you for coming on, and uh, hope to uh, shake your hand Saturday. Well, I appreciate it and look forward to seeing you. Okay, Harley. Harley, it's been a pleasure. An honor from the living legend, the King Harley Race. Thank you. Thank you, King. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Well, there you go, Harley Race. (laughs) You know, J.J., I was going to bring up that thing with Orton spitting in Harley Race's face. That was one of the most disgusting things. You know, Harley Race had a agree to that, but yeah. I wouldn't even put that to Randy Orton. You know, this is part of your gimmick tonight. Go out mm-hmm. there and spit in Harley Race's face. I would tell yeah. Vince McMahon straight out, fuck you, I ain't spitting in the face of a legend. I don't yeah, care if it means you're giving me a pay cut. I ain't going to disrespect him by spitting in his face. I'll yell great. at him. I'll get up yeah, close in his face. I ain't going to spit in the face of a legend. Very controversial. What are your memories of Harley Race? What? What are your memories of Harley Race? Oh, all the great stuff I saw with him in the AWA. NWA, even WWE. Harley Race was, was great. He was an ultimate performer, a wrestler. Not, I should say, not a performer. Not some guy that went out there and just ripped his shirt off. He was a guy that meant business, and he did his business in the ring by kip, kicking people's ass. And not for nothing, he's got one of the best Legends action figures that are out there with the blue and white robe that's synonymous with Harley Race. Yeah, doesn't sound like he's connected to the computer, but... uh no. a lot of the old-time yeah. guys aren't. Right. right. Technology is very different. Right, but uh, you know, Brutus was the was supposed to show, and then ten minutes ago, I got the text that Mr. Race was going to call in. So uh, that was quite interesting. He is quite old, I was told, so he couldn't stay on so long. So that's why I had to let him go a How little bit early. What Holly Race is about? Wow, he was old when I was watching him in the uh, at the garden. In the 90s. He was old then. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's about 70. Yeah, yeah, I would say about that. I do want to mention the death of of another legend. Uh Uh, Uh-oh. You know who. Did you read it? Billy Robinson. No, I didn't hear about Billy Robinson. Yeah, legendary British star, Billy Robinson. Uh... He worked for Vince Sr. Harley Race was born April 11th, 1943. Oh, yeah, so, so Billy Robinson with... passed away. I think he was 74 years old. He died in his sleep. Um, wrestled a lot of parts up in Canada. He wrestled, he wrestled all over Billy Robinson. 
And he, he was listed as one of the toughest wrestlers ever. And he was. He had that European style, you know, like William Regal and Finley and guys like that. And he was he was great. Billy Robinson was unbelievable. Getting back to Raw, Dominic, what did you think? Of, what do you think of Summer Rae and the other Diva in that mixed tag match? That match was strictly for comedy, really. I mean, the, yeah. the girls are hot, but they make the men. I don't know. The men look come out looking stupid. Yeah, yeah, I gotta agree with that. I don't like and, that. Whether it's a love interest with with Santino and 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 Emma, mm-hmm. Emma with that dancing thing looks ridiculous. She's falling over the ropes trying to get in the ring. To me, that's not wrestling. That's not even entertainment. That's poor television. All I got to say is the Moolah days are over. The what? Oh, yeah. yeah. The fabulous Moolah days are over. Yeah, I was All telling right. somebody that the other night. I said. Donna Christianello and Tony Rose were wrestlers. Yeah. These girls are eye candy. Granted, I love it, but they can't wrestle. And that person told me that's because Moolah's not around to train anybody. No right. Moolah, no training of great lady wrestlers. I mean, they botch up spots. They, they, they look like they're all arms and legs out there and, uh, well, other, other good body parts, too. But they can't wrestle. Except Natalia. Natalia is unbelievable. Natalia yeah. could probably kick my ass and put me in a sharpshooter. <laughs> well, look who her dad is. What? Well, look who her dad is. Yeah, the Anvil. And yeah. her husband is T.J. Wilson, Tyson Kidd, who's mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah. You never even see the guy. You don't see Justin Gabriel. These mm-hmm. guys can wrestle. Yeah. They were going to okay. bring them back as a tag team, but I don't know what the hell happened. They ain't done it yet. Steve Austin on his uh, show had uh, Ric Flair, and they were talking about Sting. Let's listen. I wanted to talk about Sting yeah. because I remember I took a test visit down to Atlanta. I, I actually drove up, talking about Matt Bourne earlier. Mm-hmm. I drove down to Atlanta with Matt Bourne from Dallas, Texas, and got a look at the center stage setup. Uh, watch Sting perform. You were there. It was absolutely insane. And, you know, this is right when, I guess, he had started working with you. Yeah, and, uh, he came from Louisiana. Yeah, he, he came bro- from Louisiana. He came with Bill. Bill Watts. And, uh, well, no, actually, he broke in out here. Out here? It was, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, Good. With Jim Hillwood. No, no, not Hillwood. No, yeah. no, no, the, the promoter out here. Oh, yeah, Hillwood. the promoter out here. Can't think of his name. Well, I can't remember, but anyway... Uh, down there working uh, with Blade Runner and uh, Rock yeah. as, uh, what was the name of that tag team? It, it escapes me. But anyway, they they split up. Yeah. Sting comes to uh, the Blade Runners. That's who they yeah, were. Exactly. My bad. I was a big fan. So anyway, Sting's there. And, and, and uh, how he goes to New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would watch uh, uh, Ultimate, I mean, I'd watch Dingo Warrior, Jim, yeah. when yeah. he was in Dallas. We were playing championship wrestling while I was going to school there. And uh, he would go and become the Ultimate Warrior and uh, have a great career. But there Sting was, and so there you are, the, the man. Uh, what did you think when you first met Sting? Because you're the guy that really put him on the map. Um, you know, it, it, Sting's one of those guys, what can you say, just the nicest kid in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, all he wanted to do was learn. 
and uh, he had the greatest look. I mean, that yeah. look back then with the paint and the and the, uh, the long trunks the, and the crew cut and all, all a lot of neon green and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I mean, he, he had a phenomenal physique. He looked like a million bucks and uh, like Steamboat. I said, let me have this guy. <laughs> he had a lot of fire. He had a lot yeah. of charisma, uh, and that that Atlanta crowd. I mean, the yeah. local crowd really yeah. came to him, and then worldwide did as yeah. well. Yeah. But I mean, he he really found a home there yeah. and, and found a, a following. Yeah, we did that forty-five minute hour, that forty-five minute draw mm-hmm. in Greensboro, on the Clash of Champions. that got like an eight-five rating. It was against WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. When was it? I remember when uh, he tore his patella tendon. I was yeah, thinking, oh that, my God, that was that was Corpus Christi. Yeah, Clash of Champions. Same and he thing. went down. I didn't think he was going to make it back. Neither did I. I didn't. I'm the one that. What happened is climbing into the cage. Yeah. We were beating the crap out of uh, I can't remember who. Yeah, he someone. It was, it was a night that we said, hey, we only gave him 30 minutes, right, to become it was a, a great segment, right? Right. And, and I can't remember what happened, but um, anyway, we started beating the hell on somebody, and Steve came down to make the save. He climbed the cage, and I knocked him off the cage. He fell down toward the attendant. I didn't know it. And then, worse than that, as I climbed out of the cage and through the door and ran and jumped on top of him on the ramp. Yes. And I, I had no that. idea that he was hurt. Oh, I felt terrible. So he um, goes down. He, he comes back. And, of course, but he, he was out for a year. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, that's that's a yeah. serious deal. But he made the comeback. And, uh, but, it was, but it was you that, that put him on the map. Well, I think the guy has something to do with it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, who else was he working major programs with? Nobody. I mean, he, he was, he was yeah, just, I mean, we were married for three you know, years. Exactly, years, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You got to yeah. take a little responsibility yeah. here. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, we, we yeah. And, don't and get me wrong. You got to get yourself it, over. It, but it, it was like working with Steamboat, though. Exactly. He, he, he wasn't the technician by any means that, that Steamboat was because he hadn't had time to learn. Yeah. But he had a lot ton of fire and he had a million dollar look and man, the people loved him. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that's the thing. You don't have to be the, the greatest worker. And, and he's a very good worker, but you yeah. don't have to be the greatest worker in the world, a pure worker, to get over. Yeah. You need something. And so when you went to TNA all these years later, mm-hmm. and, of course, he's running strong over yeah. there. Yeah. He looks as good as ever. He's got some da- He's got the best promos of his life. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's on top over there. Yeah. And he, he just keeps on ticking. He's had a wonderful career. It just it amazes me that he's never gone to New York. Well, you know that's the thing, and I'm, yeah, he's he's the only guy I can't crack the drink. He just won't even have a drop. KJ, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, they're pointing out Sting. You know, he, the one guy who just hasn't made that transition to New York to the WWE. You know, he's been so loyal uh, towards TNA, and before that, he was so loyal to the NWA and uh, WCW. And he's never quite made that transition. Uh, nobody really knows why. Uh, you know, the days of Sting being that guy who was in the NWA or WCW, you know, those are over. The, the glory days where he was in his prime are over. He was fortunate that when he did go to TNA, he had maybe the last uh, best matches of his career were there. And it's a shame because it should have happened in the WWE. But instead, it went to TNA, and, you know, he had some matches with Jarrett and AJ and Flair and Foley. But, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a, he did some great promos. He was always, uh, he really carried himself, I would say, very similar to John Cena. The way John Cena does promos in the WWE, he's the guy who will walk you through the show. He opens up the show, he'll end the show. That's what Sting was in TNA. He was that guy who was just really great on the mic, very charismatic. 
you know, cutting, as, you know, Austin said, great promos. And there comes a time where what else can you do? And that kind of ran its course. And, you know, finally it happened. And, you know, he left TNA and he finally signed the deal with the, the WWE. We haven't seen him yet, but, you know, fans are waiting. They don't know how he's going to be used. They don't know uh, how much he'll be able to wrestle. But uh, I still think that if you get Sting in front of a WWE camera, you will get that charismatic guy. That's something you can't lose. The, you know, the technical ability, that stuff, you know, those days might be behind them. But Dalja Factor alone, I think, will carry him well uh, when he eventually debuts with the WWE. Dominic, your thoughts? Sting is one of my favorites. He always will be. And he did, never made the transition to WWE, like Shawn Michaels, never made, never decided to go to WCW at all. That's a loyal guy. He's got, a, he's, he's got some miles left on him. He goes to WWE, the fans are going to start chanting, you still got it, you still got it, like they did when they used Steamboat, like they did yeah. between, when the New Age Outlaws came back and they were good guys. You still got it, and they're going to do it for Sting. Sting is great when he was in TNA. His promos, like J.J. said, are just like you're speaking, just like you're talking, not rehearsing a script. Yeah, very passionate. And some of his better promos is when he's screaming at Dixie. I love it. (laughs) I would scream at her, too, but a lot of different phrases than Sting was using. Like... (laughs) On your knees, honey. That's a good thing to scream at, huh? Fucks, <laughs> he's been Sting, on way too much. Sting will get a, a good reception once he comes to the WWE. They really, really will. He'll blow the roof off, and the fans will be glad to see him in the WWE ring. If you love Sting that much, you've been following him his whole career, just waiting for him to come to WWE. And he will. Maybe next year's WrestleMania will be him, him and Undertaker. I think that network is going to do a lot for him. To oh, yeah. Fans to yes. see um, and to them to show his old matches. Because right now, if he comes to WWE next week, no one's going to really know him like they know Daniel Bryan. So they're right. going to have to uh, almost like reinvent him in a sense. But um, Well, how about he comes there at WrestleMania? Uh, you know, at this point, the, I don't think it's happening. I think they got a lot of eggs on the plate. They got to yeah, deal with the Punk and the other thing there. He's a secondary thing here. Year. I mean, he's not on the top of the, the heap here. He is, but he right. really isn't. That's why you build them up. You like uh, Cena and Rock. You build up the match for a year. You could do it, but they got other stuff on their plate at the moment. We shall see. We shall see. Okay, I did want to get back to that Jim Ross uh, commentary, and I do want to get everybody's WrestleMania moment, so start thinking about it. But let's go back to Jim Ross uh, talking about Vince McMahon. It's hard to get along stuff. with him when you work with him every day. He's uh, Vince. Yeah, yeah. Vince is. Uh, I, I guess and I, I just thought of Vince when I said he's hard to get along with. And we were talking about two guys. So if I was on the headset right now, he'd say, "God damn it." Don't use pronouns. I need names. 
He used to be on the headset. You like you'd hear him in your ear as you're trying to do a producer, yeah, a broadcast. Well, yeah. And, well Mick Foley uh, oh, told, wow. told us, you know, yeah, yeah, Mick, Mick told us some ears. fun stuff. Oh yeah, he, he was brutal. He was. Uh, it he makes was, it hard to do your job, I would think. It is challenging because you're hearing your partner, you're hearing you, you know, in your cans. Yeah. The ambient noise of the audience. You're trying to pay attention to your monitor. And you've got the most powerful man in the world <laughs> who signs your checks and could control your career at a snap of a finger. With it, you know, sounds like you just gargle with Drano in one ear. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sam is asking us about the Vince uh, story. Polyfunction Bo- story. Yeah, I don't know this one. <laughs> well, it's a good one. Vince, Vince is a guy that uh, he has a great sense of humor. You know, he's he's he won't like me saying this, but uh, he's really just a. Uh, uh, refined rich redneck (laughs) but he loves uh humor he loves to laugh and we have this uh one of our hall of fame guys uh one of the briscoe brothers fans down around the world are going to know especially in florida and places jerry and jack briscoe were oklahoma boys made good a lot of money bought a lot of real estate in tampa uh wrestling careers were great but jerry's got a very weak stomach uh a quick example, then I'll tell you the Vince story. Quick example. Uh, Jerry and I are doing TV with the crew in Glens Falls, New York, about this time of the year. It was colder than a witch's tit. I mean, it was bad. I get in the, we'll get in the car. He's driving. I'm sitting in the shotgun seat. And uh, so he gets out. He gets in the car, and the wipers are frozen. So he gets out to unstick the wipers. And while he's out unsticking the wipers, I raise up on one butt cheek and let a little flatulent hit his direction. So he, he gets back in. He gets back in the car, and it kind of engulfed him. It was a bad one, huh, Jim? It was bad, bro. I have to tell you, it was bad. I hated me. That underwear never made it home. I destroyed the underwear. I, threw, I left them in the hotel room for the maid. Uh, but he got sick. and started, Because of the fart. Yeah, and started wow. hur- hurling. He got the door open and leaned out the car and was just... Uh, Regurgitating <laughs> profusely everything he'd just eaten in the daddies, right? So there went his there went his uh, his happy meal or whatever the hell they have, yeah, yeah. you know, his nickel pancakes or something. We're in the Meadowlands doing Monday Night Raw in the height of Mr. McMahon's uh, uh, character as you know the evil owner oh, yeah. of a, the a, kiss my ass thing. Yeah, I'm in. Hmm. I got a I got a I'm in. The, I'm a member. Yes, that's uh, right. So uh, so. He's gonna. What he's gonna do? He's got his back to Briscoe, who's sitting at this table. And Briscoe was the guy that timed the show out. You know, right. so make sure we hit. We're in the action, top of the hour, and things. So he turns his back to Briscoe, and I never, for, I never forget it. Vince had a pair of khaki-colored slacks, nice slacks, and a, uh, you know, probably a thousand, five thousand dollar sport coat, custom made. It's just he's waiting on his music cue to make his walk to the ring. And so he turns his back to Briscoe to deposit something a little in the air, and it it got liquid. Oh, he shit himself. <laughs> and he, he, he sharded. Sharded, of course. He sharded. But it still, it, it still stunk. And Briscoe still almost fell in the chair holding his stomach and dry heaving. So he got mission accomplished, except... He's wearing khakis and he's got a brown stain. Oh, no. You know the old racing right skid mark. Yeah, and he's got to go out and do his bit. So uh, they told the truck, and the truck started laughing. And of course, nobody had the balls in the truck to shoot it. 
They got to shoot around. Vince no, you got to shoot it. No, 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 they were, they were, they, oh, wow. they, were uh, they were afraid to shoot it. They didn't want to be looking oh, for funny. <laughs> so they tell me and Lawler that, hey, she, you get a chance. Look at the old man's, uh, look at the old man's ass. You know, and I talk back. Well, why don't I want to look at the old man's ass? Just do it. Just do it. So uh, Lawler and I come out. We're, we're, st- we're sitting at ringside, and Vince comes out, and sure enough. One of those times you turn back around, we saw a little, a little brown, and was, uh, <laughs> but that, but you know, here's the deal: a lot of guys would have, would have just, I'm not, I can't do the interview, uh, or this is not going to work. Right, right. He has, he, he didn't care. He didn't give yeah, a crap. Yeah. He came out and did his promo. Consummate professional. He, he, not, he nailed it. He was the, 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 the enemy, the villain. It was awesome, and uh, uh, he, and they, of course, the cameraman shot around his. Uh, his malfunction, and uh, it was just uh, just crazy. That's but that's him. Okay, JJ, what's your thoughts on Jim Ross? Well, I think uh, the Forrest the Forrest Gump movie said it best. Shit happens. <laughs> you know that uh, Vince is a maniac. You know he'll go out there and he'll do what needs to be done, and he'll he'll be professional all the way and. It's that's oh my god I I couldn't believe that story when I heard it it's that's too much <laughs> Dominic that's a it. great story my god I never heard no, that man. one before <laughs> but I know about Jerry Briscoe having a weak stomach because when mm. Mae Young gave birth to that rubber hand he mm. threw up <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah yep when the doctor said ah oh, you are now the proud father to Mark Henry or whoever it was at the time, huh. but now the proud father of a rubber hand, and Jerry Briscoe just lost it, and he hurled right there. <laughs> oh, my he God. walked away from the camera. Oh, man. <laughs> Blackjack. I was surprised that uh, Jim even talked about that story. Yeah. He's not with the company stuff. anymore, so I guess he can go on to say certain things like that. He's not with the he's not with the company anymore. I don't believe so. Mm, so he won't be at WrestleMania, thing. Anything think... could happen. He could, he could probably be still invited, believe it or not. Yeah, I would say so. I think but he'll he had some kind of falling out at that, that thing with uh, um, last year at SummerSlam or something. One of those game things. Oh, you remember yeah. that, uh, JJ? Yeah, last year at SummerSlam. That's why he's not with the, the company officially, because of the falling out he had at the WWE. Yeah, he couldn't con- control Ric Flair or something. Yeah. 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 During the panel, and Flair kind of went off the cuff. And, yeah. Uh, Jack, Flair sort of Oh, yes. And unfortunately, I thought it was entertaining. It was fun. Flair was great. They did talk about the game, but, you know, a lot of the people within the WWE were just upset, and unfortunately, JR got the, the brunt of it. I don't know why, though. You know, why should they blame Jim Ross for what Flair said? I'm, you know, he's not his brother's keeper. That's but a good point. Yeah, that's, it's true. I mean, it was Flair, if anything. If you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at Flair. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. As yeah, they, they said, there was more to the story. No one really ever really knew the whole story. No, I don't think so. 
possible. Well, you know, Jim Morris had some drinks, but he didn't act like, uh, you know, a wacko like Rick Flair did that night. He was calm. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, Jim Ross definitely controlled himself. Uh, he did say some things that were kind of, you know, like off the cuff, too, but, you know, he controlled it, and he eventually got back to the topic. But Flair just went on a roll. So, But as Blackjack pointed out, you know, who really knows what, you know, happened? We only know what we saw on the on screen, you know. Absolutely. And with that in mind, we have about, what, four weeks from this Sunday will be a WrestleMania. Is it four weeks from this five. Sunday? I think so. Five it's weeks. either three or four. Uh, I think more five right now. Well, I see March, what is it, April 6th? Five, five weeks. Okay, five weeks. By then, hopefully all the snow will be melted. Yeah. What do we have for uh, JJ for WrestleMania? Officially, we just uh, have the announcement of Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Brock Lesnar will be challenging the streak. And, of course, also because Dave Batista won the Royal Rumble, he's automatically penciled in at the main event. And he will be challenging Randy Orton for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Those are technically the only two official matches that are happening. I mean, things could change. Uh, there are also other matches will be added, as Blackjack pointed out. Hopefully we'll see a triple threat match between the Shield but uh, as far as that, uh, anything could happen and things could still change, especially if Punk decides to come back. It's not up to the WWE. They already want him back. It's up to Punk. The ball is in his court. And I expect uh, Daniel Bryant to wrestle Triple H. They're just building it more. Oh, yeah. That, that'll definitely happen. But uh, as what's been announced, those are the only two matches. But as you pointed out, they've been building and building uh, this match with Triple H and Daniel Bryan finally getting his hands on the authority, and uh, I definitely think Daniel Bryan will make it a heck of a match. And I don't be surprised if you see uh, CM Punk in the, in the fray here. I still think he'll probably be there. Is it, is it, you know, I would have rather seen CM Punk uh, wrestle the Undertaker and Lesnar just for the mere fact that they put on a great match last year. Uh, I cannot see Lesnar and Undertaker. When you put two big men, as Dominic knows very well, uh, it usually don't work out right. Look at Sidney Undertaker. It was a horrible WrestleMania match. You know, two big guys never work out. Like uh, Undertaker, Sean, excellent, twice. Oh, yeah. Undertaker, Triple H. Twice. Excellent. Yep. I'm not so sure Brock Lesnar and Undertaker are, you know, I mean, on paper that looks like something you definitely want to buy. Uh, yeah. Did they do that back in the day? Yeah. They actually yeah. have already wrestled in Hell in a Cell. Oh, Brock, okay. Brock Lesnar actually defeated the Undertaker for the WWE Undisputed Championship. Oh, okay. All right. And, of course, Undertaker and Kane are always good against each other. Yeah. Yes. Where could you see Kane wrestling, J.J.? Part well, of the corporation. 
Yeah, that's uh, the interesting thing with Kane. Now that he's mostly sort of uh, Triple H's sort of bodyguard, he's a uh, part of the, you know, he's the chief running officer of the WWE. I don't know if he'll be wrestling exactly, but he should be in Triple H's corner at WrestleMania. So I definitely think he'll interfere in the Daniel Bryan match. So I think he'll probably be a part of that. I don't know if he'll wrestle. I've heard a lot of people say already that uh, Dolph Ziggler actually went on the record of saying that he was told that nobody's spot and WrestleMania 30 is guaranteed. So a lot of people may get bumped off the card because uh, there's even rumors that maybe an NXT match might kick off WrestleMania. They I read that will... today. Yeah, they might want to promote NXT because, you know, it just sort of launched on the network. So maybe they might want to see some of those stars get an opportunity to shine and to introduce them to the WWE audience. So, uh, you know, anything could happen, and it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what develops these next few weeks. I read today that um, it's supposed to be Batista and Orton, but I, yeah. I also read that if Punk comes back, they're thinking of making that a three-way with Punk in there. Oh. Yeah, that was, that, uh, was a lot of that was a lot of the hype that was going into Raw yesterday because there were yeah. some rumors yeah. of uh, this possible, you know, triple threat match at WrestleMania. Right. I think a lot of people were definitely anticipating that if Punk was to be a part of that triple threat match, he would definitely have returned in Chicago. And as I pointed out earlier, I called uh, Allstate Arena last week, and they still had tickets available. The minute that rumor was announced that there could be a possible triple threat match, the place sold out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Also, I think there's also going to be John Cena against Bray Wyatt. I had heard that. I don't know if they're still doing it. They haven't made it official yet, but as you pointed out, yeah, they're definitely leaning towards a uh, John Cena, Bray Wyatt. We've been seeing a lot of sort of back-and-forth promos where the Wyatts attack Cena. Uh, recently we saw Cena call out the Wyatts, so that hopefully, I guess hopefully, but it should definitely be uh, penciled into WrestleMania 30. That puts Cena in a different light. He's like a down, down, downgraded this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah he's, he's not like, in the top spot this year, no. No. Then what about Big E? I, I thought they were going to do Big E against uh, Ambrose and, and put the U.S. title and the IC title together. Yeah, there was a lot of rumors about that even going into the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, although it was scrapped so that we could get the Shield versus Wyatt, and then that's, you know, really taken off. Uh, the fans are really into the Wyatt and Shield. Uh, whether or not that happens at WrestleMania, I do think they want to uh, bring those titles together, and I think that's probably for the best. Obviously, you know, it's difficult for them. They're, they haven't really done much with Dean Ambrose in the United States title, it no. seems that they're focusing on Big E and the Intercontinental title, which is, you know, it's nice to see the Intercontinental title, you know, have some matches because, you, yeah, know, really. you know, we didn't really see much. So I, I think they're at a point where they, they really need to bring the titles together and unify them. I would like to see Big E and Ambrose go at it, but with the WWE, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know if maybe they want to wait to have a bigger match. Like, let's say Dean Ambrose is your, you know, United States champion, but what if Roman Reigns 
wins the Intercontinental title, and then you have Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose, the two members of S.H.I.E.L.D. going at it. That would yeah, be- yeah, I can see that, too. Yeah, so who knows? Yes. And I'm reading uh, today again that, that they may do Cody and Goldust again. I hope. Uh, it's something a lot of That's people... That's been rumored. Years, you know, years, a lot of people have been wanting to see Goldust take on his younger brother, Cody Rhodes, and finally Goldust is back in the WWE, and he looks amazing. The guy is better than ever, and if there was ever a time to do it, it's now while he's really peaking. So, I mean, I hope it happens. That's right. He's another guy that they chant, you still got it, you still got it. That's right, and he does. He does. Oh, absolutely. He looks better than ever. Just like yeah, the new he lost a lot of weight. He does a few moves that I never even saw him do back in the day. I never saw him do a Hurricane Rana off the top no, rope. that's one he of them. Those flying uh, plungers over the, the ropes to the outside of the ring, suicide yep, guys. That's he another never, one. I never saw him leave his feet, and he's he's been amazing. Really yeah. impressed by old dust. You know, I like to see Booker T come back because all, as long as uh, all these other guys are coming back. Uh, let's forget always... that. <laughs> I think Booker T has still got it. He's got he a lot does, of good but he's not ready for that. He's not ready. He's, he's definitely looking to uh, to stay out off the the mat. He's no, you definitely never, tempted never. to, but he, he doesn't want to do it. You never you said that. You know what happened to Teddy Long? Is he still oh, in WWE? God. Yes, he is. Oh, all right. Good. <laughs> Teddy Long was once the uh, GM, right, for SmackDown? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, this, uh, the WrestleMania moment will be uh, brought to you by uh, coming this Saturday, uh, March 8th, to, uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Marriott Courtyard LaGuardia Airport, 9010 Dittmore's Boulevard, East Elmhurst, New York, WWE www.bigeventnewyork.com Harley Race King Kong Bundy Buff The Stuff Bagwell uh, Dennis Rodman The Honky Tonk Man Jimmy Hart Greg The Hammer Valentine and much much more bigeventnewyork.com Okay it's time for the Wrestlemania moment and it's going to start with me let's go back to 2008 it was a retirement match. In one corner, Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, had to beat Ric Flair. Uh, well, Ric Flair had to beat Shawn Michaels to stay wrestling in the WWE. He did not with some sweet chin music. And HBK gave the one, two, three in an amazing match uh, for Ric Flair at that age. Pulled it right out. Uh, still had it at two, in 2008. JJ, let's go to you. Yeah, as you pointed out, that was a hell of a match. And uh, the, I think I ever remember most about that match was the end when just before, you know, Michaels gave Flair that super kick. And you could tell Flair was kind of crying. Michaels was kind of crying. They knew that this was the end of an era. You know, Ric Flair, one of the guys from the old days who was just the guy and that this would be his sort of swan song. And it was a very sad moment. Nobody wanted to see that super kick, but it was a hell of a great match. But uh, in that uh, theory, I'll also say that one of my uh, favorite uh, matches, it was another sort of retirement match, although not officially 
a retirement match, and it was the right. last time we saw Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Rock. And it was the only time where you could have these guys who wrestled each other at two other WrestleManias. This was their third WrestleMania match together. I don't know two other stars who could have that match, and yet each time they wrestled, they brought something different and new. The first time, you know, Austin was the number one guy. Rock was that hungry lion who wanted to be the number one guy. The second time they faced each other, Austin was just sort of coming back from that, you know, terrible uh, injury and the whole, you know, situation that was going on with him leaving and walking out and then coming back. And then Rock was kind of the guy. And then Austin turned. He became a heel and he joined forces with McMahon. And, and the third time where, you know, it was just Austin's way, way to uh, retire and to just kind of slowly back away. Although he didn't officially retire, it was his last match. And uh, it was just a classic. And there was a lot going on in that match that a lot of people didn't know about, that Austin was actually very ill. He was having an anxiety attack the night before at the hotel. He was rushed to the emergency room. He was in a hospital, and he had to discharge himself just so he could go to WrestleMania. And he competed that match flawlessly with The Rock, and it was uh, just one for the ages. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, J.J., yeah, that it was, was uh, WrestleMania. Was that what year was, was that? Two thousand. That was WrestleMania nineteen, I believe. Yeah. So that was about two thousand, right? About two thousand three. Yeah. Okay, Dominic, give me your uh, WrestleMania moment. I don't have one. <laughs> you guys Plus, never have different one. parts of different WrestleManias that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I can't think of well, one. In- Okay, we'll come back to you. Blackjack. JJ said it the best. That's the one that I was going to say tonight. I mean, there's just so many. Uh, you just go down the list. I mean, they all stand out, man. That's WrestleMania. That's the Super Bowl of wrestling. That brings yep. out all the a lot of the, the the wrestling from the way we know it. You know, even if you go once a year. To a WrestleMania event this year is in New Orleans. That's the place to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll take a, a your spot back check. Eddie Guerrero defeating Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that was an amazing at Madison Square Garden. Uh, just an amazing match. Eddie recently off the drugs at that particular time. Mm. Uh, great, great WrestleMania moment. And uh, well, Kurt was all What's that? Well, Kurt Angle, uh, one of the all-time greats. I mean, a legitimate gold medalist uh, in uh, freestyle wrestling. Here he is on the grand stage, WrestleMania taking on Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero, who, you know, Eddie Guerrero, one of the hardest uh, workers in the business, a guy who he could go out there and have a five-star match, and yet he would still be pissed off because, you know, maybe he missed something or maybe he didn't do something right. And even though the fans loved it, the, the boys in the back loved it, 
Eddie would still take it to heart that, you know, I didn't, it could have been better. He was never really happy with himself and or his matches. He always achieved to do better. And that match with Angle was about as good as it gets. It was so, such a classic, a technical classic. And the ending was just in true sort of Latino heat fashion when he unhooked the Angle's boot and got the pin. It was just, it was just a really great match, a lot of fun. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero and, uh, was one of the best in the business. Eddie Guerrero was amazing. Kurt Angle can still go. He's all banged up. He's beat to shit, but he can still go. He can, he can break anybody down, Kurt Angle. Oh, yeah. I think he can make Brock Lesnar tap. Well, you remember that infamous, uh, when he went for the somersault or whatever oh, it was. Oh, the moonsault, yeah. The shooting. The shooting, the shooting, shooting star. star. Rope, yeah, and, and he, he, he botched it. He just didn't get a good landing. He almost landed directly on his neck. He could have, you know, had a very serious injury. He could have been paralyzed yeah. in the middle of that ring. Thank God, you know, nothing terrible happened. He was a little dazed and confused, but uh, wow. Hey, Dominic, you want to plug your hotline before we go? Yeah, 718-629-1900. I'm going to update it. I update it every day between somewhere between 10 a.m. and 12 noon. Listen to questions, call or comments, and what have you. Not 718, though, is it? 212. 629-1900. Yeah, you said 718. I did? Oh, 212. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we are five weeks away. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some more matches next week to talk about. And who knows, maybe another mystery rest, but we'll call it. I want to thank uh, Dominic, JJ. Jordan, and, thank uh, you, man. Always a pleasure. JJ, yeah. Blackjack, see you all next week. Okay, King, uh, Dominic, JJ, and definitely we want to thank Holly Race. That was unbelievable. You yeah, never know who you're going to hear on this show. One of my favorites of all time, Hanson King Holly Race. Back to back, we had two great ones with uh, Honky Tonk and uh, Mr. Harley Race. Yep. Okay, tomorrow night we have uh, Joey Jackson talking about the Blade Runner trial and the next Raymond Felton trial at special time, 8.30 Eastern. Tune in tomorrow right here on King George Radio. Thanks, guys. We'll speak to you next week. Take it easy. All right, bro. Good night, everybody. Good night.
Roadhouse USA. 